Everywhere we go, it's Memphis. Memphis, Memphis Tennessee, the beautiful land in the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Are Not Sports Entertained, the side hustle podcast brought to you by me, Todd Suliano, and uh, Jilly Mandy. And this is our little deal we do every now and then when we don't want to talk about wrestling anymore, because as the title suggests, we are not currently sports entertained. Definitely not sports entertained at all. And today we are going to be discussing a few topics and First thing I want to ask you, Jesse, because I'm currently drinking a nice warm mug of hot cocoa or a nice hot mug of hot cocoa. What makes sense to drink a warm mug of hot cocoa? When you let's let's say you, you enjoy hot chocolate, OK? All right. When you make it, do you are you a water person or milk person? Um, I, w- I would definitely uh, you know, lean towards milk. That's. That's what I, I thought everybody did. And then I saw there was a post on uh, Facebook and this group I'm in where people were asking, like, are you milk or water? And a lot of people were saying that they do they do water. And I can I can understand I can understand if you're like on a diet or if you just don't want the extra calories, but it doesn't have the same consistency if you don't use milk. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I always thought people use water when they just pour out of milk. Yeah. Like some people, they, they'll make like coffee with just water. It's like when milk's like a million times better. But they just did that when they ran out of milk. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, that would make sense. You would, you would think. This is a good time for a cocoa because it is cold as shit. <clears throat> yes, it is. I mean, it's not freezing like right now it's 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 uh it's 40 degrees which isn't terrible but it's it's still colder than it should be right now 40 is pretty good considering like two weeks ago there was a tornado and it was 75 degrees outside that's true and i it's supposed to be 70 degrees friday on christmas (laughs) and that pisses me off so much (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't ask for much out of life, but I, I just want, I just want it to be cold on Christmas. Is that too much to ask? I think, I think it is. I think that might be too much to ask, man. Fucking pieces of shit, man. Fucking global warming. Goddamn man, bear pig. <laughs> Speaking of man, bear pig, let's talk about those COVID specials of South Park. All right, let's do it. Did you watch uh, both of them? I watched both of them. Okay, good. I'm glad. I've I've recently watched the second one. <laughs> but, uh, what did you think of the first one? I, I I loved it honestly. I did too. I, I wasn't I, I wasn't a big fan at first of having them all grown up. I didn't think I was gonna like it, but halfway through the episode, I was like, "This is freaking hilarious," and I love it. Like having Jimmy be a PC. Uh, like talk like talk show host was hilarious and every time there'd be yeah. something in the future they would say like oh yeah that's we do that in the future now i was like yes yeah i know uh, also the uh stan's alexa was a live human robot 
cyborg thing kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> very uh very funny moments with her as well. Like before that was revealed, I honestly thought it was like his wife or something. I know, I did too. I was like, I guess Stan just has a really busy wife that he don't really like. And like he killed his mom and his sister, which I don't remember. I don't know if that happened in one of the HBO specials or if it's just a thing that happened. No, I think that was just uh, that's like they went back in time and prevented. So that actually never happened on any of the episodes, I guess. Okay. But the person that stole the show on both episodes for me was 100% Cartman and his family. Yeah. I fucking love them. His family are pretty fucking hilarious. Actually, my favorite, I really think my favorite part was when Kyle, I can't remember if this was in the first first movie or the second one, but when Kyle was taking a shit on the toilet and he was like, I just, I need you. I just need you to help me if you're there. And then you heard like the Mr. Hanky music and he he turned around with a big smile on his face and looked in the toilet and there was a big piece of shit in there. (laughs) Uh, I wonder if they remember. The whole group remembers Mr. Hanky or if it was just Kyle. I don't know. But I wanna I wanna rewatch those episodes before Christmas. Yeah. But um, the, the second episode before I talk about the second episode, I just wanna say it's like Cartman's kids were so funny and then they're like, Uncle Kyle, why can't we stay with you? Why do you hate us, Uncle Kyle? <laughs> Kyle's just looking at him and he's just thinking in his head Cartman's just like pretending to be Jewish pretending to have kids pretending to be married just to just to piss him off and then like fucking Butters is in an insane asylum because he sold NFTs to people and ran people (laughs) into bankruptcy yeah it's so funny I like I like the first one way more than the second one but the second one it was all right. I just, I hated how the second one ended. I hate what they did to Cartman. Yeah. Well, that's fucked up. Like, <clears throat> he was like trying to prevent them to stop him from going back in time. And then uh, they went back in time and it ruined Cartman's family and ended up, yeah. he ended up fat and homeless and just an alcoholic. Drunk, an alcoholic and just throwing bottles at the fucking wherever they were at celebrating Christmas. So, I don't know if you heard about this or not, but last Saturday's episode of Saturday Night Live did not have an audience. And that's not the first time that's happened because they did they did quite a few COVID shows when the pandemic first started where they had small audience. But this one, there was no one in the crowd besides crew. And the only cast members that were there were Michael Che and Keenan Thompson. A bunch of cast and crew were sent home because of rising COVID-19 cases in New York City. And Paul Rudd was set to host. He was he was going to get his five-timers club jacket. Where Tom Hanks was there. Tina Fey was there. And they handed him his jacket. And they aired a few skits like pre-taped sketches and pretty much made it a clip show. It, it, it just, it seems so fucking weird. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very strange. Uh, 
Like, do, I, do they have like the whole episode with just Keenan and someone else, just them two doing different stuff? Yeah, like, that would have been that would have been pretty tiring after about the second skit. Like I felt bad for Paul Rudd because like it was, it was supposed to be his like his fifth time doing it, and it was it's a big deal when you host for the fifth time and his fifth time hosting it. Technically, there's just no one there, and he wasn't in any skit. I don't know how many six timers there are, but I, I hope he becomes a, a six timer. There are once uh once they start getting crowds and stuff back. Let me see. There are a ton of uh of people who have hosted like multiple, multiple times. Like let's see. Buck Henry has hosted 15 or 10 times. <laughs> Steve Martin has hosted 15 times. Alec Baldwin holds the record. He's hosting 17 times. Hope Alec Baldwin don't host ever again. <laughs> uh, the Rock is a part of the five members club or five timers club, and I would not have thought that. Same with Jonah Hill and and Justin Timberlake, I would not have thought Justin Timberlake has hosted SNL five times. I probably would have guessed him. He seems like he's done it a lot. The shortest time to reach the five five timers club was one year, one hundred and eighty one days. But Steve Martin' first appearance was October twenty third, nineteen seventy six, and his fifth was April twenty second, nineteen seventy eight. I mean, that's when it first started when they pretty much had no one. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. It being like some old. Older episodes, very early episodes. The longest time it took was Drew Barrymore. Her first time doing it was November 20th, 1982, and her fifth was February 3rd, 2007. 24 years, 75 days. There's, like, there's no way she hosted it when she was in 1982. I mean, it says she did. She might have, she would have been like fucking four. She was seven. Seven. It was before her her teenage drug drug addict days. Ah, uh, who never had any of them? I never did either. Actually, yeah, a lot of our friends did. A lot of our friends in their thirties are still having teenage drug addict days. Yeah. So, um, do you want to talk about the University of Memphis? Pissing off every single team in the NCAA. Yeah, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. There was supposed to be, as, as most people out there are probably aware, a big big game, University of Tennessee versus University of Memphis in a neutral zone of Nashville. It's barely neutral. I think Knoxville's like an like an hour and a half away from Nashville, if even that. No, Unless, Knoxville's farther away from Nashville is than Memphis and Nashville, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, well, either way, it's supposed to be in Nashville, not even where Vanderbilt plays. This could be in the Bridgestone Arena where the Nashville Predators play. I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I'm going to sidebar this topic at some point and talk about Bridgestone Arena for a second. But I continue. Okay. The game was canceled on account of COVID-19 spreading through the University of Memphis men's basketball program through the players and the coaching staff and trainers and whatnot 
even though at the beginning of the season, Penning Hardaway said 90% of the players were vaccinated, he has since gone on to say that he must have misspoken. Yeah, you, you, must, you must have, Penny. You must have. Fucking dumbass. Um, who's the coach for UT? Uh, Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes grabbed the microphone when his team was ready to go and said they were going to host an exhibition or scrimmage. Yeah. And people it's, were it's good wheel. Good wheel. Yeah, people good, were excited about that. There weren't that many people left in the building when he announced that, but uh, people there got to see something at least because people pe- people traveled for that. You know, and not just from Memphis and Knoxville, people traveled from out of state to go to that game. <clears throat> yeah, that's a big game for uh for both schools. A lot of people that was, that was a lot of people's Christmas present. Absolutely. And the game was called off because University of Memphis is fucking idiots. And they've had another game canceled also. Yeah, the, the second game after that, or the game after that got canceled, and I forgot who it was, but uh, it was like some very uh, some very not very good school. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but someone is not happy about Penny and Senate. It's pretty irresponsible. Oh, no, it's Coach UT said it's irresponsible for Penny to, to do that and to risk his team, his players getting UT's players and staff and coaching staff and fans sick, knowing that all of his players aren't vaccinated. So he has no intention of making the game up, which I honestly yeah, I don't he, blame he, him. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you, you think about that? And, and also why he can't make that up is because, like, the, the conference play is about to happen for both teams. And – um. And I don't think anybody out there will argue that anything or that knows anything about college basketball that that Tennessee plays in a much tougher conference than Memphis does. Oh yeah. So Tennessee don't want to screw up any of their conference games playing Memphis, where Memphis, you know, they're going to be playing Tulane and Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, you know, no offense to them schools, but they're not really uh, basketball powerhouses. Well, neither is Memphis really. Yeah, that's, that's true. Not that's about. 13 years ago yeah <laughs> and uh but yeah a lot a lot of memphis fans really pissed off tennessee won't uh reschedule and i i think they're just dumb i do too i, I like i'm by no means am i a university of tennessee fan but i i don't blame them for not wanting to do it for the reason you said and because it's like it's just it's extremely irresponsible for pinning to do that and yeah if, if i was in his, like they're like the if I was in University of Tennessee shoes, I would not want to fucking do it either. Like if I was a player, I wouldn't want to do it. If I was a coaching staff, wouldn't wouldn't want to do it. If I was like the dean of the school, the president of the school, I would not want to do it. Right. And uh, and like how the SEC does, if a team is like has to cancel a game because of COVID, they forfeit the game, and it actually counts as a loss and a win for the other team. So that's like even more of a reason, you know, Tennessee don't want to get sick and have to forfeit games and actually count against them. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, it sucks. Memphis got COVID and I hope, you know, everybody's okay. But the main problem is Penny lying about it and saying 90% of the team is vaccinated when that was clearly not the case. Yeah. Now, what were you going to say about Bridgestone? Oh, yes. Uh, like, one of the local Memphis reporters like tweeted out when it was happening. He was like, Memphis and Tennessee are playing in Nashville today. 
inside a hockey arena, and this is why it's stupid. And he was pretty much shitting on a, and he was pretty much shitting on Bridgestone Arena. And then, like a whole bunch of Tennessee people came back and said, "You're shitting on Bridge uh, Bridgestone, but you let your most famous building in Memphis or famous arena turn into a Bass Pro Shop." No. I wouldn't say it's the most famous or anything. The Coliseum is more yeah, famous. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But yeah, I, I thought the Coliseum would be more famous too. But I, I still thought it was kind of funny. Also, I've been to the Bridgestone Arena a few times for concerts, and it's a fucking gorgeous arena. Yeah, that's the thing. That arena is badass. Like, why would anybody be shitting on it for? Like, I think it was a like they were saying, oh, it's a bad. Like the dude was saying how stupid it is for them to do like a Memphis and then Knoxville and Nashville. I, I think that's like a really cool thing for them to do, actually. Yeah. And like I don't know why they would be shitting randomly, shitting on Bridgestone Arena for, but I think that's more of a Memphis and Nashville kind of rivalry thing. But like you said, I've been to Bridgestone Arena and it, it's it's a pretty damn good place. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would shit on that for. <laughs> it sticks out like a sore thumb, like the FedEx Forum does downtown. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great. Arena, like the only thing I haven't been to there is the Predator store because every time I go to Nashville, the fucking thing is closed. One day I'm gonna go there. God damn it! Absolutely, But yeah, it's it's. I don't I don't blame anyone for UT for being pissed off about this because all the blame is on is on Penny for coming out and lying, saying that his team is vaccinated. Pretty much, pretty much. And if Penny, if Penny was not Penny Hardaway, Memphis legend, he would have been fired a few losses ago. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> he definitely wouldn't be able to just lie and just do whatever the fuck he wants to do yeah. and how he acts. But the, the the fact of the matter is that he brings attention to the program because he is an, a former NBA star. I wouldn't call him an NBA legend exactly because he never really – he wasn't able to reach the legendary status, in my opinion, in the NBA. Yeah. But he was an NBA star. Like, he's fucking air pennies still sell a ton every year. But – Like, when they first hired him, I was like, this, you know, this is pretty good. You know, he'll probably get enough, you know, good players where they can just over, overwhelm teams. But now, like, they did the uh, NIL deals, which is the uh, name, image, likeness deals, where people can, you know, basically sponsor players on college teams. I think, I think even if they don't have Penny, I think Memphis would still get like really, really good players now. Yeah. Because FedEx would be giving everybody like a hundred thousand dollars, which is there's nothing wrong with that because everybody can get paid now. Which is good, but now instead of you know, Penny, he's a uh, he could bring bring in a, a better coach. I've actually not that a coach basketball. And somebody else brought up a thing. I heard uh, or Chris Vernon on the Chris Vernon show. He uh, he brought up something about you know the players and not all of them being vaccinated. There's not as many as Penny said was. Um, is that Larry Brown is on the coaching staff and he's like. I forgot how old he was, but he's like in his 80s, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's pretty fucking high risk for COVID right there. So, you know, just hopefully, you know, nothing happens to him. 
So before we get off this college basketball talk, there's something that it's always kind of grinded my gears that I want to bring up. All right. And that is the National Invitation Tournament. <laughs> the NIT. And the tournament itself does not bother me. What bothers me is when people call it the NIT tournament. <laughs> well, that makes sense, I guess. Because they're calling it the National Invitation Tournament tournament. It's the same thing as saying ATM machine. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think about teams winning and then having a ban- uh, hanging a banner for winning the NIT? What do you think about that? I think... I think it sucks as much as when the Predators hung a banner for most wins in the Western Conference or whatever it was. I think the Predators hanging that banner is way more understandable than hanging a banner for the NIT. Because <laughs> basically when you hang an NIT banner, that's saying you're the, whatever, like 65th best team in the country or the 69th or whatever it is, however, whatever it is now. It's like you're the best team that didn't make it to the NCAA tournament. But like the Predators one sucks because it's 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 a Western Conference champions banner, but it's not. It's a regular season Western Conference champions banner. <laughs> that's just them saying we have the best record in Western Conference. We got eliminated in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that's still that's like a that's like a hanging a divisional. A banner, like, yeah, but they have their divisional banner hung. Well, I know, but not only was that a divisional banner, that was a, a conference banner they hung. Yeah, but that's the winning the conference that season. But they didn't win the conference. That's what I'm saying. They well, were the regular. They just say they had the best record before they were eliminated in the playoffs. Yeah, well, you know, they won the regular season conference title. No, that's not a thing. Yeah, well, who fucking? It's a thing in other sports. Can be a thing in hockey. It's it's fucking not a thing in hockey. <laughs> well, it should be. <sighs> they can hang it if they damn well want to. It's I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just. I, I don't like it. It's like the biggest thing that people make fun of the predators for, and I hate it. My brother-in-law does not like the predators, and he often makes fun of it. And goddamn it, does that bug me? Ah, fuck you. So, I want to ask you a question real quick. All right. right. This is the week of Christmas. This is episode is premiering Christmas Eve. We had a a, a bonus episode of the regular podcast. It's a Christmas-themed episode, but this is not a Christmas-themed episode, but I'm going to ask you a Christmas question. All right. What are your Christmas memories? Like, what's your favorite Christmas memory? Um... Probably, it's not really like a specific memory, but I just remember being really, really young, like being like four and five. And then my brother, um, because he's like seven or eight years older than me. So I I remember when we were still like little kids and like waking up and then like opening presents and stuff. Because he had like, he moved out by the time I became a teenager and stuff. So just... I just when we were still living together, I was waking up super early in the morning. I would probably say that. What's your like? What would you say your best gift you ever got as a kid was? Uh, my best gift as a kid. 
probably like the first bike probably I ever got, I would say. That I would go with, I would guess. See, I can't even remember like that many gifts I got as a kid, but I, I do remember I was six years old and Troy Aikman was on TV advertising for Brute Cologne and deodorant. Hell yeah, I love me some Brute. And at six years old, I was like, I want that. I want to smell like Troy Aikman. So my mom got me some brute cologne and I wore it to first grade. It was the best smelling six-year-old in the world. <laughs> yeah, maybe you were, pal. Uh, so, <clears throat> I know my funniest Christmas moment ever, though. What? Did this happened in... Uh, I looked this up the other day. And this was actually 20 years ago. And it was in 2001 when Nintendo GameCubes were launching. And I was, I was like 14 or 15. So this is like, I, I kind of knew what my parents were getting me, but I just couldn't have it till Christmas. It was one of them kind of things. Yeah. And I remember it was like a week before Christmas. And uh, one night I went and this is probably the most shameful thing I've ever did in my entire life, probably. Uh, I went and took the GameCube present, unwrapped it, opened the box, played it all that night, played Luigi's Mansion for like probably like six or seven hours from probably like 11 p.m. to like 4 Mm -hmm. a.m. Was done for the night, then wrapped it, like put it all back in the box and then wrapped it back up and put it under the tree. I'm not proud of it, but so that actually reminds me the most shameful thing I've ever done. That actually reminds me of something that I don't think you know. Um, when my brother and I were teenagers, let's say about between the ages of I was 14 to say 16, maybe 13 to 16, something like that, instead of going to the store and buying his gifts, my grandma and her husband would tell my brother and I that we had uh, X amount of dollars to spend and we could shop online and spend that on gifts for ourselves. That's when I would load up on like RF video, Ring of Honor's website, (laughs) like um, against me hoodies, clockwork orange hoodies, shit like that. And my brother, he would always, we I'd also get video games, but at the time, I think the, the game system I had was, uh, like, I had a, a Wii and a PS2, but I think I just had the Wii at that point. So I would get, like, the whatever new Mario game is out, any game that I thought looked cool, an NBA game, whatever. But side note, NBA games on the Wii sucked ass. Um, but my brother, he would always make sure to get used games. And he would do this because he knew where she would hide this stuff when it came in because we weren't, we weren't going to get it before Christmas. Yeah. But, but he knew where she hid it. So he would go and pull it out and play the games and beat them before Christmas. And on Christmas morning, he would be like, oh, hell yeah, I got the game. And I was just sitting there thinking like, what the fuck are you going to do now? You've already beaten it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I can't talk bad about doing that because I basically did the same thing for a system. But but I didn't beat Luigi's Mansion <coughs> that night, okay? <laughs> At least I saved a little bit of it. And I'm and... hurt question for y'all did y'all open up y'all's presents on christmas day or yeah. on christmas eve or well, how, okay um typically it was when i was a kid it was one gift on christmas eve christmas yeah, day you got everything else growing up um but as we got older living with my grandma and her husband it became a christmas eve you get everything and then because we knew what it was and then christmas morning my mom would come over my, my aunt would come over and we'd get more stuff from them. So, and we didn't know what they'd get. So that, that would all be surprises. <clears throat> yeah. But, and then like my grandma just started giving it to us like the 23rd and the 22nd. And then as things would come <laughs> in, she would give it to us. <laughs> yeah. Basically that whole last, it got to like the whole week of Christmas, just getting stuff. Yeah. I remember in I was... 2010, I got a PS3 for my mom like they had been out for a few years at that point so they were you could find them yeah. i got a ps3 for my mom and i knew i was getting a ps3 so like i spent some of the money uh that my grandma was giving us to do i actually spent all the money that she was giving us to spend on christmas gifts i was buying uh ps3 games and i don't remember all the games i got but i remember getting batman uh, arkham asylum because I really wanted to play that game. It was not on PS2 or anything like that. And I really fucking wanted to play it. So I got Arkham Asylum. And I got the PS3 at like about 10 a.m. So my mom got there and she gave it to me. I hooked it up, played it. And then my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, she came to pick me up to take me to her house for Christmas over there at about 5 p.m. From 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., I sat in my pajamas in my bedroom <laughs> playing that game, and I did not move. It happens to the best of us. I fucking love that game so much. Was was the whole opening a one present on Christmas Eve, is that like a, a common thing everybody does? I think so. When I, when I was growing up, I thought it was like such like a unique thing my family did. I was like, man... I bet other kids would be so jealous of this. We'd open one present on Christmas Eve. But now, once I got a little older, I kind of realized, like, everybody did that. You know, there, there was always one rule with that. You can't open the big gift. Yeah, yeah. And like You can open, you can't open this one, but you can open any of these. Yeah. When, uh, when we were kids, my mom and my grandma got to put their money together and got my brother and I a Nintendo 64 and the games they got us were uh, WCW NWO Revenge and NASCAR 99. And they handed us, this wasn't a Christmas. This was just a, we've, we've saved money. I know you guys have been wanting this. We bought it for you. And the way they gave it to us is they gave us the games first. And then they both played stupid. I'm like, oh, did you not get the system? I thought you were getting the system. And, my, and Jeremy and I were just sitting there like, like, we're not fucking, we're not fucking idiots like to this day i think it would have made more sense if they had given us the the game or the system first and been like did you get the games yeah that, that would have been more believable yeah <laughs> oh man yeah fun uh fun happy christmas time 
However, to this day, I still say that the GameCube is the best game system ever just because of Luigi's Mansion, and I'll die on that hill. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion was badass. But speaking, actually, no, we're not going to get there yet. I want to I ask you a question that I thought of the other day. All right. Through the streets of Memphis, through the streets of America, through the streets of, of the world, there are drug addicts everywhere. You, you, you uh, agree to that, right? Yes. Would you say that the people who are hooked on heroin are are hooked on crack cocaine or weed or what what have you are more drug de- or more drug addicts than the people who drink a case of diet coke a day <laughs> um they were i would probably say they are well i would say the diet coke a day is way worse than people smoking weed every day <clears throat> um but other than that i guess the all the other harder drugs would definitely be worse, but I think uh, drinking a case of Diet Coke every day is a lot worse than smoking a lot of weed every day. It it, it really is, and like if you if you go by somebody's house and they have the recycling can out and the recycling can is full of little silver cans, and the cans don't have blue mountains on them. Actually, I don't know if. Diet Coke cans are still silver. I haven't had Coke in a long time. I don't know if, what, what color they are. <clears throat> yeah, I have no idea what a Diet Coke can looks like. But let's say for argument's sake, they're still silver. Because I remember they were silver in the 90s. <laughs> uh, that person usually is the type of person who, if you go in their house, they will have a room with like 6 to 12, 12 <laughs> packs of Diet Coke. Yeah, just stacked on top of each other. <laughs> Those are the real drug addicts. Those are the people who need to go to rehab. They definitely do. And they're the ones that are most in denial about it. Yeah. Now, I want to play a game with you, okay? All right. The game is called Start, Bench, Cut. It's pretty much like, right. like Fuck, Mary Kill, but... You're starting something, benching something, and cutting something. Yes. I have seven uh, things I want to ask you with this this new game. Seven, yes, because I was thinking about these. The first one. I'm starting hot, okay? All right. Start, bench, cut. Beavis and Butthead, Daria, King of the Hill. That's Beavis. Butthead, Daria, King of the Hill. Okay. I would start Beavis and Butthead 100%. I would bench King of the Hill. And I would cut Daria. That that was actually my exact thing for that. Mostly, and like I, I love Daria. I, 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 I'm convinced if I watched it now, it would still hold up really well and it would still be funny. But just yeah. Beavis and Butthead was, was peak level, just rude humor for me as a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And King of the Hill just has the longevity. <clears throat> yeah. I, I'm still, I'm still waiting for the new Beavis. 
what had to come out. <clears throat> I think they're doing like a movie to like bridge the gap of them being teenagers to adults in the new show. Yeah, and, that's what they're doing. And there's going to be a news. There's going to be a Daria spinoff titled Jody. Oh, that's a, that's good. Yeah. Remember when like I don't know when it was. I guess it was like ten years ago. They did like a relaunch of Beavis and Butthead. And it only lasts like one season. Yeah. And instead of doing music videos, they made fun of like memes on the internet. <laughs> yeah, they made fun of like Jersey Shore and shit. It was, it was yeah. really funny. I really liked it. I'm really surprised it only lasted one season. They did uh It's So Cold in the D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how that that was like the original fucking going viral stupid thing yeah. that everybody made fun of. Uh, all right, the next one. These are just going to keep getting a little bit more difficult, okay? Okay. Rugrats, Hey Arnold, Doug. All right. I would start Doug, bench Hey Arnold, and cut Rugrats. See that—that's the same for me, but I would switch Doug and Hey Arnold. Yeah, that would be a tough one because I love Hey Arnold a lot. Hey Arnold, I watched an episode of Hey Arnold earlier. Uh, Arnold's Christmas. I'm planning on watching that sometime this week. Depressing <laughs> ass, sad episode, but I, I fucking love it so much. I'm gonna make good use of this Paramount TV <laughs> next week or so. And granted, Rugrats taught me—I'm not even lying about this. Rugrats taught me a lot about the jewish faith and about hanukkah yeah, and passover the, yeah the, their holiday episodes are really good but as a as an adult <laughs> if i want to watch a cartoon from my youth i'm not going to watch rugrats i'm going to watch doug or hey arnold because yeah. they still hold up really really well and rugrats <laughs> is still just a show about babies <laughs> very true all right this next one i want you to get ready for this okay Scream, Friday the Thirteenth, Paranormal Activity, and not single movies, but film series. Oh, that's that's a toughie. Um, let's see. I would start Scream. Now, this isn't singular movies. This is just like they're like franchise, like overall kind of franchise overall. Just definitely start Scream. I think I would I think I would bench Friday no I would bench paranormal activity and cut Friday the 13th man that that's that that's shocking because <laughs> I love Friday the 13th but there's a lot of shitty shitty episode <laughs> movies but that that's honestly the way I would do it too and <clears throat> if only because with paranormal activity, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past, and maybe we'll de- dedicate an episode to on the show to it one day. But I absolutely love found footage horror movies. There, it's like my favorite genre of horror for some weird ass reason. I cannot explain why I love it so much. Maybe it's just because it it makes it seem like it's more real than like a, a typical slasher film. 
I, I, I think it's probably because um, Par- or Blair Witch probably scared the fuck out of us when we were little kids. Yeah, I saw it by myself when I was nine years old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that's even possible. And when I say by myself, I don't mean I didn't have anyone with me. I mean, I didn't have anyone with me and there was no one else in the theater. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. It scared the shit out of me. But yeah, like if they made a found footage Friday the 13th, that would probably actually be really fucking cool. There was rumors of them that they were going to do that for the longest time. Why the fuck didn't they? Because they were supposed to do like, like, because the next one's going to be like the 13th movie. So it's been in like developmental hell for like forever, it seems. Yeah. But I know at, at one point they were going to do a, a found footage wintertime movie for Friday the 13th, and it was going to be a snowy, like snowing there. God damn, that would have been great. Yes, it would have been. I would have loved to see Jason and Snow. And we got we got four more on this, okay? Okay. And this one is one that I can't answer, but I got I did it just for you. <laughs> okay. Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. Okay, let's see. I would buy 360, bench Xbox, and sell Xbox One. So there's no selling. <laughs> well, cut Xbox One. I did sell my Xbox One, though. So maybe that's why I thought of that. Actually, yeah, I would I, cut Xbox One. I actually just added one to this that I'll, I'll ask you now Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3. Um. Oh, this is really easy. Well, let's let's take let's take the uh, online multiplayer out and just base it on the the campaign. Campaign. Oh, if it's only campaign, that's easy also. But it definitely changes up how I would put them. I would buy Halo Two campaign. I would bench Halo Three's campaign. And I would sell Halo One campaign. No, what 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 would have been the other way? Would Halo Two still uh, been number one? The the multiplayer, yeah, the multiplayer would have been Halo Two. I would buy that, uh, bench Halo One, and then uh, sell or cut Halo Three's multiplayer. He keeps saying buy and sell. <laughs> I know. I keep thinking. I keep thinking buy and sell. But yeah, start. I would start Halo Two, bench Halo One, and cut Halo 3. Was Halo 3 just not a good game? I haven't heard anything good about it. No, it was really good. It was just the multiplayer was dumbed down a lot from Halo 2 and Halo 1. Are the Xbox so 360 lot... servers still online? Uh, I'm not sure. I think um, I saw a bunch of people making a big deal about Halo 3 servers getting shut down. And then I don't know if they got shut down and then they like reopened them or people did some weird shit, but I know they were talking about cutting, like cutting all the servers down. But uh, I don't know if they did it or they decided not to do it or what, but I so, know they were definitely talking about it. Because I know back in the day, you spent quite a bit of time playing Halo 2, the multiplayer. When uh, when Halo 2's, um, their servers went down, like when they finally like uh turned off those servers people left their xboxes on for like 30 days like playing halo 2 online jesus 
And like, there were so many people, you know, the first night, everybody, because as long as you kept your Xbox on and never turned it off, the servers would still be there for you. Yeah. So it would be like the same They like somebody would go into matchmaking, then there'd be like, you know, a pool of 10,000 players online. And then, you know, the next night it'd probably get knocked down to like 6,000 <laughs> and then, you know, so on and so forth. And I remember like, it was like 28 days or something. And it's like six people, the same six people, like across the world, just uh, matching each other. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I remember, like, <clears throat> you can read about, it, like, people's Xboxes, like, finally, like, fucking, uh, like, shut off because they were so hot because they'd been on for so long. But, yeah, like, like, they fucked up a whole bunch of people's Xboxes doing that. That actually reminds me, um, shortly after WWE 2K20 came out, they announced that they were going to shut down the servers for 2K19. And then 2K20 came out and people fucking hated it and no one bought it. People returned it. No one was playing it. And then when they announced they were going to shut the servers for 2K19 down, people complained. And then 2K was like, okay, we'll, we'll leave those open until the next one comes <laughs> out. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, the 2K21 was canceled. And really, games like that that come out every year, you should definitely not like like turn those servers off. No, especially like that's that's one of the good things about the NBA 2K games. The servers don't get turned off. Yeah, you can download. You can play 2K16 on your PS4 and download fucking uh, a draft class for 2024. <clears throat> yeah, like I think the last NCAA football game was NCAA 14, and I'm pretty sure you can get that game and still go to their servers online and like download the uh, player's name and stuff that people like created yeah so those Can't... servers i think are still open is it in like... isn't in the the newer madden games there are ncaa teams in there um i think so i know there was on wooden madden i don't know if it was just like like special for that madden or if they kept that feature or not yeah because i haven't played really a madden in fucking forever yeah i think the last one i played was like <clears throat> madden oh nine yeah like i remember playing like madden probably like 14 at somebody's house like that's probably like the last one i ever played and even back then i hadn't played madden or bought a madden in like five or six years because if you fucking like were playing somebody who didn't know what they were doing every single thing they would do they would either run the ball or do a shotgun formation hail mary throw yeah basically Every single, and then they would always try onside kicks, and then fucking whistle would get blown every time. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Remember when we were gonna have a Madden tournament or a Madden league? Yeah. I think it was like a league and not even a tournament. And it lasted like three games. <laughs> the only time we actually did a successful tournament, I don't know if you remember this, but we went to Allen's house and we did like wee boxing leagues. Uh, I, I remember going to Allen's house and playing wee, but I don't remember having a boxing tournament yeah Maybe we, did. we did i just don't remember we it. did it it was like you me uh tj john allen jr and adam i believe and cody it was eight of us and i'll never forget it because like john had just knocked somebody out and then he had to face me in the next round and i legit beat him in under a minute in the first round <laughs> That's exactly the time I was thinking of too, because I remember John being there and how, like how thinking how random it was. Yeah. 
All right, next question for you. I'm going to give you – I'm going to throw you a softball here, okay? Okay. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Oh, this is – Hmm. I'm going to answer this. Well, Halloween is definitely start. I would definitely start Halloween. The other two is kind of a mix-up. I think I would actually – because I got good good memories and stuff for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Hmm. This is this is not a softball. This is very tough. <laughs> I honestly thought this would be a softball for you. <laughs> the Halloween part is not the other two. I think I would go probably would get uh, I would go Christmas and then I would uh, bench Christmas and then cut thanksgiving yeah that's how it is for me like and i i i enjoy thanksgiving always did when i was a kid but it's just when you're a kid it's it's a boring holiday you know yeah because like it's after halloween it's before christmas it's it's a filler holiday when you're a kid (laughs) i'll tell you exactly what swayed my decision last second because i think i was leaning thanksgiving uh, let's see, I got some good memories from Thanksgiving growing up and some good memories from Christmas growing up. Uh, and you know what literally what swayed it was? Mm. Going to the Santa house during Christmas time, I think is what swayed it. Yeah. I thought about Santa house recently. For everyone who doesn't know what that is, which I'm sure is everyone listening. Here <laughs> in Memphis, in Nutbush, which is where we grew up, there was a... Um, Every every December, I believe it actually started the uh, on Black Friday, like the day after Thanksgiving, is when it when when it opened. Like Black Friday to December twenty third, there was a big, just a big stage that had a gigantic, about forty foot tall Christmas tree, like made of lights on an actual tree, and it was called Santa House. And hundreds of kids lined up every single night to go see Santa. And we volunteered there for years. Yes. And the way it worked is parents would parents would go in line with their kid. And then when they were about two or three kids away from the front of the stage, a helper, which would be one of us, would go to the parent and say, if you if you could follow me. Uh, please and they'd follow us to a booth the kids wouldn't be able to see the parents in the booth the booth there was a man with a microphone and santa wore an earpiece and the man would ask the the parents stuff like what's the kid's name what are they into are they doing well in school what what do they want for christmas he would relay this information to santa and santa every time he wanted to wanted to know something he would put his microphone to his head and I just did that with the microphone I'm holding, even though no one can see. Yeah. And as a kid, I went there as a kid once or twice. And as a kid, when Santa Claus knows your name, it beats every mall Santa in the world. Yeah, that was that was some crazy stuff. I remember because you got because you volunteered and you got to do you know different things. You take pictures. You could uh, be one of the kids that kind of you know told the parents to go over to the little area where they told Santa stuff kids that you know helped the younger kids up to the stage help them off the stage 
all kinds of stuff. And I remember I literally never one time did the stuff where I would call the parents into the little secret area. Cause I feel like that you could have messed that up so bad. And I'm very shocked. It never got messed up. At, at least when I was there, it never did. I think I did it once. And, but for the most part, I was, I was, I would be, um, helping kids off the stage and hand them candy canes. Yeah. That was my favorite thing to do is what's, uh, help kids off the stage and give them candy canes. That was my favorite thing to do. Yeah. But now Santa house is a vacant field. Yeah. That is, has a, has a really random wrought iron fence around it. And it's just a vacant lot. Anywho. <laughs> Next one for you. Mario Kart, Paper Mario, Mario Sunshine. Ooh. I would this one's actually this one's actually easy. I would start Paper Mario, bench Mario Sunshine, and cut Mario Kart. I would switch Sunshine and Paper Mario. Remember, you you let me borrow Mario Sunshine on the GameCube years ago because you told me it was really good, and you were not fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's a really fun game. I remember when it, like when I was first reading about it, they were like, "Oh, Mario!" I don't even what game did he have? Like a vacuum or yeah, something? Yeah, it was it was like a vacuum that like painted shit. Yeah, I was like, why did I was thinking, why does Mario have a fucking vacuum? This makes no sense. He's just gonna have a vacuum the whole game. But then once you played it, you're like, yeah, it was pretty damn good. Yeah. Top-notch stuff right here. But Paper Mario, I fucking love the Paper Mario games. Those are my favorite Mario games. All right, this last one for you. This is one that this, this one will reach your teenage years. Hmm. Jackass, Viva La Bam, Wild Boys. Jackass. Oh, I think I would. I think I would start Jackass. Would start Jackass, bench Viva La Bam, and cut Wild Boys. This is a hard one. I feel like I would cut Jackass and start Viva La Bam and bench Wild Boys because, like, I've seen the episodes of Jackass so many times because, like, in between, like, 2004 and 2010, MTV would play Jackass for, like, six-hour <clears throat> blocks at night. Yeah. And they only had, like, 18 episodes. Yeah. I think I just – because I, I love Viva La Bam, but I think I realized, like, early on – that like those shows were super fake yeah like <laughs> and i just i think since jackass was first it kind of got me into all that and it like that like introduced me to cky2k and everything so i think that just kind of holds a, a, a special place in my heart seeing jackass first it, i mean it holds a special place in my heart as well for the same reason because like i i saw the i watched the cky dvd after watching jackass yeah, but like Wild Boys, for the reason that you said, like Viva the Bell was fake. Wild Boys might have had scripted moments, but for the most part, it was it was completely real. Like you can't bullshit like 
fucking wild animals being all around you and sitting at a campfire with cannibals. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, and I haven't seen all the episodes of Wild Boys enough for me to not want to watch it right now and get bored with it. Right. Which, yeah, if you probably watch like a random episode of Jackass right now, you would literally know everything about the episode. I have in my closet in the living room the Jackass box set DVD that's like four disc has every episode and like or five disc or something has every episode and a bonus disc with a gumball rally their episode of MTV Cribs where are they now special and the first time I, I bought when I bought that DVD and I put it in the only time I watched it the only thing I watched was the gumball rally special yeah that that's a badass episode but Viva La Bam did bring us the greatest Christmas special ever. It did. Which, of course, is Where the Blank is Santa Claus. And Where the Fuck is Santa. And another really, really underrated thing about Viva La Bam was I think it was called Viva La Bam's like, Unholy Union, I think yeah. is what it was called, where him and Missy, I think, were getting married. And it was like one season of them like building up to their wedding, I think. Yeah. I remember watching that and thinking it was like that's what I would love to go back and watch because I'm pretty sure I only saw like those episodes one time. The like, when they originally came out. That was released on DVD, but the DVD was only sold on Amazon. I would like to go back and watch it then. I remember watching that. Thing. It was really cool. You can buy the season on Amazon digitally for 15 bucks. Or get the DVD. Yo, how is, is, not how is this used. stuff not on Paramount? Or Paramount? I, think, I think it's because of the music. Like, it's the same reason why Pete and Pete isn't on Paramount Plus, because they can't get past a lot of the music. And like, this Jackass used, like, CKY, these Bloodhound Gang, like, Cradle of Filth, just, like, a ton of shit that they got away with 20 years ago just because <laughs> it was 20 years ago. Yeah. I remember watching like the gumball rally thing, and I'm pretty sure they use like Hulk Hogan's theme music yeah. on like the original episode. And then I think later on they like replaced it with like generic music. I'm pretty sure. And then like Viva La Bam's exact same reason. Like Bam would use all these random underground and sometimes not underground, but just like well known bands and their music and now because of streaming rights it's like all right i'd I'd like more money for my song being on that (laughs) yeah like i wish wild boys and jackass and viva la bam were on paramount but i feel like if it was to bring this back to wrestling it would be like watching new jack on the WWE network (laughs) yeah probably so probably freaking so yeah that's all the things I had to talk about this week. You got anything you want to talk about? Uh, well, the last thing I'd like to talk about is um, recently John Rent came back to the Memphis Grizzles. Oh, yes, he did. And um, his first game back was a loss, unfortunately. But during that game, he says a fan heckled him and said we were better off without him for him to, like, start sitting back out again. Yes. And then Ja came out in a post-game co- uh, press conference and talked about it. 
and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but he just looked really, really fucking sad when he was talking about it. Yeah, he said like, he didn't look mad. Yeah, he didn't look mad or like pissed off about it. He looked legit, looked just really sad. And uh, it, it was it was pretty upsetting to see him like that. But uh, it, it sparked a lot of national media talking about how shitty Memphis fans were and how dumb they were to do that to John, which I think is fucked up because just because one or two drunk ass people sitting close to courtside start saying that shit. Like, I don't think you can really reflect that on the whole damn fan base. I think that's pretty yeah. messed up. And really, I understand why Jai would be sad about it, but him even going to like the post game press conference and talking about it, I think just added like fuel to the fire. I, I really don't think he should even did that, honestly. But, I uh, I said this on Twitter. If you're one of the people who think who talk shit to John Morant and think that the Grizzlies are better without him, your mom's a hoe. <laughs> like. I, I'm not going to say there's definitely aren't people that are saying that because there's definitely people that are actually thinking that. But are they serious? Are, are they just are they just kind of be trying to be funny? Like, do they really think we would be better off without him? Yeah, it's it's a stupid because if they do, they're fucking idiots. Oh, it's just going to take him a second to get back in the rotation. Yeah, because he was out for like two or three weeks. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe even longer than that. So you know he's. It was his first game back. He's been now. he's been out since after Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving, whichever. Because like I went to that game with my brother in law, and he was in town for Thanksgiving. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, yeah, he'll be fine, and the Grizzlies will be fine, and everybody that thinks we're better without Jaw will probably you know catch her. Actually, there are a couple things I wanted to bring up. One. The NBA is allowing hardship contracts, which is basically if your team is fucked because of COVID, you can sign players. And Christmas Day, there's a bunch of NBA games, and I believe it's 35 players on the teams that are playing are out with COVID. Gosh. And I'm just waiting to see a press release saying that a team has signed former number three draft pick out of USC, OJ Mayo. That would be that'd be fucking awesome. Like I would I, love for that to happen. He he's not old. No, he's definitely he, not old. He's he might be he's, uh, he's 34. He might be a supersized OJ Mayo now, but I'm sure yeah. he can go get a bucket. Like he's still playing. Granted he's playing like he signed with the UNICS Kazan in the VTB United League, which is in Russia. Big fan of theirs. Oh, yeah. Love me Russian basketball. Uh, another thing I saw about the Christmas Day games, because, you know, those games are set ahead of time, way, way ahead of time. Yeah. And uh, they were saying up until Christmas Eve, which is today, that they will – they might give notice and change up the day schedule, like change the game's times. Mm. And that is 100% due to, to see who's actually playing and who's not oh, playing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I thought that was funny, though. 
it's like, like yeah we got tickets to the you know the lakers game tomorrow but we're not sure yet what time it starts it might be 11 a.m or it might be 9 p.m i just i just suck for somebody i just want oj mayo to play in the nba again just to redeem himself where's where's tyree gavitz how's he not nba I have no idea. Ain't his suspension over with? Technically, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why ain't he in the NBA. You would think somebody would sign him. Um, he was nice. Before I get to the last thing I want to talk about, I want to give a shout out to Earl Watson for liking my tweet where I tagged him in a tweet. Thank you, shout Earl. Still the, love you. Shout out to Earl. What's all Earl up to nowadays? Isn't he coaching? Yeah, he is. He's an assistant coach in Toronto. Was was he a head coach for a little while somewhere? Yeah, he, was, he was head coach for the Pacers. He was an interim head coach. Oh, okay. Hopefully, he continues climbing his coaching uh, career. And uh, actually, yeah, he was a he was a head coach in Phoenix. I freaking thought so. I thought he was a head coach somewhere. Like he was an interim coach in. And for the Pacers, I thought, but I can't actually see that on here. But either way, he coached from 2015 to three games into the 2017-2018 season where he was fired after going 0-3 after the first three games. So, yeah, he's not great in the NBA coaching stand. Hell not good. <clears throat> what are you gonna you gotta, do? You gotta, you know, gotta build up those stats. Oh yeah, sure. Once he uh, gets his stats built up pretty high again, he'll take another head coaching job. Do a great job at it. Future future head coach of the New York Knicks. Oh yeah, mo- most likely. <laughs> and his last thing I want to talk about is I sent this to you on Facebook earlier. Sports Center Instagram page posted a uh, an image. Of Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Shaquille O'Neal. It says, if all six were at their peak, who would be pushed to the bench? And you never actually answered who you would put on the bench. So let me hear your who you would bench I, out of that. Let's see. I I love all these guys except for LeBron. But um, I think you would have to, as much as I love him and amazing how amazing he is. I, I think you got to bench Kevin Durant. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you can't <clears> – <throat> you got to have Steph out there playing point guard and then Kobe shooting guard and then Jordan small forward. <clears throat> and then power forward, I guess, could be uh, LeBron and then Shaq as the center. I don't think you can uh, – I, I don't think you can start Durant over LeBron. There were so many people – saying that they would bench Shaq because Shaq wouldn't be able to play in how the league is now. And to those people, I said, you're a fucking dumbass. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Like Jonas Valanciunas was – he pretty much plays like Shaq does in a way. Yeah. And he was badass last season. He's even more badass this season on a shitty team. (laughs) Yeah, it's because he's on a shitty team and he gets more shots. But if he can be a badass center playing, you know, that old school style, then Shaq definitely could be able to do that. Yeah. Like, would, like who are these great 
centers that are going to guard Shaq in the NBA right now. Yeah, dude, like there's nobody Shaq's size in the NBA who can guard him. Yeah. And I don't mean just height. I mean size. Yeah. Like he was a fucking brick wall. Yeah, he was a massive, massive human being. Let me see. When Shaq... um... Shaq's playing weight in the NBA was 325 pounds. <laughs> but when he he announced this year that when he played for the Lakers and he won their third title, he weighed 395 pounds. Jeez Louise. And he was a finals MVP. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking crazy. He was finals MVP weighing damn near 400 pounds. Yeah, that's insane. No one can fucking guard that. No. Like, who are, like, who are even, like, the best centers in the NBA right now? I would think, like, Joel Embiid, maybe him. Maybe he could guard check a little bit. But, um. Is gonna hit you right in the field. Do you think? Do you think Carl Anthony Towns is gonna to guard Shaq? No, Ooh, no. Shaq is gonna Shaq is gonna get like sixty five points on him, and he's probably you know one of the you know the other best center in the NBA besides Joel Embiid. Yeah, like I can't even think of any other just really badass centers. Not off the top of my head. Like who was the center for the Nets when they won that third title? When the Lakers won their third title? For the Nets, I have no idea. Fuck, I, I gotta look at this now. Probably some way that got destroyed the entire series. Uh, let's see, where's the fucking roster? Was Vince Carter on the Nets at that time? No, he never played in the finals. Was that before? Yeah, that's not, that was before him. Man, Jason Kidd taking the, the freaking Nets to the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's he, he somehow did it. Unbelievable. I, I hope you look up the whole roster. I want to know who's all on that team. Oh, right, yeah. Let me look that up real quick. So I'll fucking do that for sure. <laughs> I just remember Jason Kidd. Let's see. 2002 NBA playoffs. New Jersey Nets. I don't want to look at the fucking Brooklyn Nets. Okay, let me look this up real quick. New Jersey Nets. 2002 roster. You had this was 0102. Yes. Yeah, that would have been it. You had Brandon Armstrong, center, Jason Collins, Derek Dial. Steve Goodrich, Lucius Harris, Richard Jefferson, Anthony Johnson, Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, Todd McCulloch, Donnie Marshall, Kenyon Martin, Brian Scalabrine, Reggie Slater, Keith Von Horn, Keith Van Horn, excuse me, and Aaron Williams. Well, I recognize and remember a couple of those guys. Yeah, I mean. But, uh, yeah, definitely none of those centers, not even the old Kenyon Martin. I mean, Which, he was a Kenyon Martin yeah, was, was a power a, forward. 
And I was like a really good defensive power forward too. And I'm pretty sure, you know, he probably couldn't handle Shaq at all. No. And like Jason Collins, uh, let me see. Jason Collins didn't start any of the games. So these, so the center for the playoffs was, it was actually probably uh, Keith Van Horn. Oh, I hope not. I hope that <laughs> Keith Van Horn was the, or no, it probably was Kenyon Martin because he was power forward. Keith Van Horn was uh, small forward. And they didn't have a traditional center starting at center, so it's probably Kenyon Martin. Oh. Or no, excuse me, Todd McCulloch. He started all 20 games in the playoffs, so he was the starting center. Yeah, no, no idea who that guy was. In the playoffs that year, he averaged 6.2 points. And let's see, total rebounds, 5.2 rebounds. Okay. It's pretty low for a center, not going to lie. Compared to Shaq, who 2002 averaged 28 points a game and 12 rebounds a game. So, yeah, he he could not guard Shaq for yeah. shit. Well, can't hold it against him because basically nobody could. Yeah. If you look at the regular season, his, his stacks, Todd McCulloch, You know, he, he wasn't even that great in the regular season. He averaged six rebounds, nine points. Man, Jason Kidd must have been really good that year. <laughs> Jason Kidd averaged <laughs> – actually, the leading scorer on the team was Kenyon Martin. Jason but, Kidd must have been averaging like 15 assists. He averaged 9.9. He came 0.1 assists <laughs> away from averaging a double-double that season. That's unfortunate. That is. I really hope he didn't have one of them incentive contracts where if he averaged like double digit <laughs> assists, he gets a bonus. Because that would have sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the in the regular season, he averaged 14 points, nine assists. In the playoffs, he averaged 19 points, nine assists. So yeah, I mean, he led them to the dance. Yeah. But it wasn't nobody beating the Lakers back then. Well, unless well, you were the Pistons. Not. Yeah. But that was a couple of years later. That's back yeah. when the Lakers all hated each other. Yeah. And Carl Malone was trying to have sex with everybody's wife. Yeah. And children. And children. Piece of shit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's everything for this for this episode, I believe. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. We'll see you guys in 2022. For We Are Not Sports Entertained, I am Todd. <laughs> I almost forgot the name I of the show. I am Jesse. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>